Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The worst advice you will ever hear in this chair, and you'll hear it every week during your entire business school career, is the following. We invite two types of people to universities to speak or business schools, super interesting and successful people or billionaires. For some reason, we've decided that billionaires just have insight around life. And they oftentimes finish their conversation with what I think is some of the worst advice given to young people. Does anyone want to guess what it is? Follow your passion. What utter bullshit. <laughs> if someone tells you to follow your passion, it means they're already rich. And typically, the guy on stage telling you to follow your passion made his billions in iron ore smelting. <laughs> this is your job. Your job is to find something you're good at, and then spend the thousands of hours and apply the grit and the perseverance and the sacrifice and the willingness to break through hard things to become great at it. Because once you're great at something, the economic accoutrements of being great at something, the prestige, the relevance, the camaraderie, the self-worth of being great will make you passionate about whatever it is. No one grows up thinking, I'm passionate about tax law. But the best tax lawyers in this nation fly private and have a much broader selection of mates than they deserve. And they get to do. <laughs> then they get to do interesting things, which, by the way, makes them passionate about tax law. And here's, here's the problem with believing you should follow your passion. Work is hard. And when you run into obstacles and you face injustice, which is a common guaranteed attribute of the workplace, injustice, you'll start thinking, I'm not loving this. This is upsetting and hard. It must not be my passion. That is not the right litmus test. Do your passions on weekend. Be a DJ. Jay-Z followed his passion and is a billionaire. Again, assume you are not Jay-Z. The man you just heard was Scott Galloway. He's a professor of marketing at the New York University Stern School of Business and a public speaker, author, 
podcast host and entrepreneur. I'll leave links to his work in the vocabulary guide for this episode, just in case you want to check it out later. But now, my friend, we're going to go back all the way. I said that backwards. (laughs) We're going to go all the way back to the beginning of this clip so I can explain all the nouns, verbs, and adjectives to make sure you understand everything that was said. All right, let's do it. The worst advice you will ever hear in this chair, and you'll hear it every week during your entire business school career, is the following. We invite two types of people to universities to speak or business schools, super interesting and successful people or billionaires. For some reason, we've decided that billionaires just have insight around life. And they oftentimes finish their conversation with what I think is some of the worst advice given to young people. Does anyone want to guess what it is? All right, there's only two things I want to explain. The first one is the word insight. He said, for some reason, we've decided that billionaires have insight around life. Let me go back and play it one more time. We've decided that billionaires just have insight around life. And they oftentimes finish their conversation with what I think is some of the worst advice given to young people. Okay, for some reason, we've decided that billionaires just have insight around life. So the word insight, according to the dictionary, at least means a deep understanding of a person or thing. So really what he's saying is for some reason, just because billionaires are billionaires and they have billions of dollars, we equate that financial success with knowledge about life and what's important and how we should live. Wisdom, let's say. We, we erroneously think just because somebody's made millions or billions of dollars, They must know a lot about life. We should listen to them. We should take their advice because, I mean, they're rich and they must be smart because they're rich, right? They must know all the answers because otherwise they wouldn't have made that much money, right? So for some reason, we've just decided they have insight or a deep understanding of life when that's not necessarily true, you know? And then he said they oftentimes finish their conversation with what I think is the worst advice given to young people. And so oftentimes, which is one word, often and times, but put together in one word. And it just means frequently or regularly, very often. All right, cool. So let's continue. Billionaires just have insight around life. And they oftentimes finish their conversation with what I think is some of the worst advice given to young people. Does anyone want to guess what it is? Follow your passion. What utter bullshit. What utter bullshit? What fucking bullshit? Utter bullshit, just in case you didn't know, is an expression or it's just another way of saying complete nonsense. Absolutely false information. It is fucking bullshit. Utter bullshit. The word utter, U-T-T-E-R, I mean, I guess I would say it's relatively formal. It's not something you're going to hear every day, but... um. It's kind of funny when you juxtapose that word with bullshit. It's like utters relatively formal. Bullshit is the exact opposite. So it's a nice juxtaposition of formal and informal. What utter bullshit? What complete nonsense? Follow your passion. What fucking bullshit? I would say what fucking bullshit. I don't know if I've ever used the word utter in a sentence. <laughs> At least not in that way. I don't know if I've ever said that in my life. But you will hear it from time to time. What complete bullshit. What utter fucking bullshit. Follow your passion. It's bullshit. Okay? Let's continue. 
follow your passion. What utter bullshit. If someone tells you to follow your passion, it means they're already rich. And typically, the guy on stage telling you to follow your passion made his billions in iron ore smelting. Okay, typically, the guy on stage, and the stage, you might already know this, but a stage is that raised platform where people perform or speak and give speeches and stuff like that. So the guy, the billionaire, the very rich person on stage giving the talk or the speech who's telling you to follow your passion, excuse me, Scott is saying that oftentimes that person made their millions or billions in iron or smelting. Now, when I was listening to this, I thought he said iron or the word O-R or smelting. But then when I transcribed it, it says iron ore smelting and the word ore is O-R-E. So then I started doing some research and iron is the the mineral, the metal. I don't know anything about the, <laughs> this, this region of science. So if there's a scientist listening to this, I apologize. I know you're probably mad right now. But anyway, iron is a form of metal. Smelting is the process of extracting metal from its ore, O-R-E, by heating and melting it. So the reason I'm stopping on this point is just because maybe it wasn't clear when you heard it. Really what he's saying is that oftentimes the billionaire who's telling you to follow your passion made their billions, I guess, extracting iron from the earth, right? Mining or doing something of that nature, some gigantic industrial operation worth millions or billions. That's the idea. What exactly iron ore smelting is, I have no fucking clue. I'll be honest with you. But that is the idea that he's trying to express. It has nothing to do with being artistic or doing something you know, that he's super passionate about. He made his billions extracting metal from the fucking earth. How passionate can one be about something like that? I believe that's the idea that's being communicated. All right? So let's continue. Typically, the guy on stage telling you to follow your passion made his billions in iron ore smelting. <laughs> this is your job. Your job is to find something you're good at and then spend the thousands of hours and apply the grit and the perseverance and the sacrifice and the willingness to break through hard things to become great at it. Okay, this is your job. Your job is to find something you're good at and then spend the thousands of hours and apply the grit and the perseverance and the sacrifice and the willingness to break through hard things. There's a couple words I want to explain there. The first one is grit, G-R-I-T, grit. You can even say it with me, grit, you know? Because when you say it that way, it helps you remember the meaning of the word because grit is like courage or the resolve or having the strength of character to do something. You have to apply the grit, you know? So imagine if something's really, really difficult and challenging and you mentally and physically just, right? You know, not like you're taking a shit because that's what it sounded like. <laughs> I mean, like you're just making a very, <laughs> you're making a very, very intense effort to do something. You're applying grit, okay? You're showing your strength of character and your resolve and your perseverance, right? Perseverance is the persistence in doing something, even though it's difficult or it's taking a long time to accomplish that thing. And the verb related to perseverance, which is a noun, 
the verb related to that is persevere. So to show perseverance or to persevere, to me, it's the same thing. So you apply the grit, the grit and the perseverance and the sacrifice. And you probably know what that means, but sacrifice is the act of giving up or letting go of or releasing something valuable for the sake of something else, usually something more important or more worthy of sacrifice. Hopefully that makes sense. So you have to sacrifice certain things. You have to sacrifice your time and your energy, your emotions, the parties, your friends, whatever you do in your free time, you have to sacrifice all of that and dedicate yourself to something you're actually good at that's going to get you paid. That's what I think he's saying, right? So apply the grit and the perseverance and the sacrifice and the willingness to break through hard things. So the willingness is the quality of being prepared to do something. The readiness, let's say. So if I'm willing to do something, it means I'm prepared. And if you ask me to do it, I'll do it. I am willing to do that. If I'm not willing to do something, if you ask me, I'm not going to do it. I'm not prepared for it. I'm not um, open to saying yes to it. You know, I'm trying to find different ways to express the same idea, but that's what it means. So the willingness to break through hard things, which means you have to be willing or open to breaking through hard things. You cannot deny that. You can't say, no, I'm not going to do that. You have to be willing to it. You have to, I can't even find another word for it because I want to say you have to be willing to say yes, but you have to be open to saying yes, right? If somebody asks you to do this thing, dedicate 10,000 hours to this thing, you have to be mentally ready to say yes. That's probably the best way I can explain it. And so to break through hard things is kind of like a, a figurative way of speaking because to break through something hard literally is basically to go through it, but by breaking it. So imagine like, I don't know, this is probably a strange example for you, but just uh, go on this journey with me. Imagine you're running through the house and there's a window in front of you. You run fast enough and hard enough and with enough energy and you jump through the window. For that to happen, the glass has to break. The, the, the glass is going to break into a million pieces. You have just broken through that window, literally speaking. But when he says break through hard things, he just means overcome challenges, right? Sometimes when we're trying to accomplish something or learn a new skill, like English, for example, we find obstacles in our path, right? And sometimes you can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You have to go straight through that shit. Go right through the fucking wall. And that's what he means, but figuratively speaking. So let's go back and listen to it again, because I know that was a lot of explaining. Give me a second. Here, all right, here we go. This is your job. Your job is to find something you're good at, and then spend the thousands of hours and apply the grit and the perseverance and the sacrifice and the willingness to break through hard things to become great at it. Because once you're great at something, the economic accoutrements of being great at something, the prestige, the relevance, the camaraderie, the self-worth of being great will make you passionate about whatever it is. All right, there's a few more words I want to explain. Let me go back just a couple of seconds. All right, he says, so again, apply the grit. I don't know why I like that word today. Grit. 
somebody asks you how you're doing, say grit. I'm joking. Don't say that. It makes no sense. Anyway, apply the grit and perseverance and the sacrifice and the willingness to break through hard things or overcome difficult obstacles to become great at whatever that thing is. Because once you are great at something, the economic accoutrements, sounds like such a fancy word, doesn't it? Accoutrements. <laughs> the accoutrements, when he, <laughs> when he says economic accoutrements, how can I say it? The idea or the meaning of accoutrement, that word by itself. Accoutrements are like the benefits or the rewards that you get for being successful. In this case, successful in the economic sense. So the economic rewards or the economic benefits that come from being or that come with, not from, that come with being great at something, the prestige that comes with being great at something. So prestige, this word is, how can I define this word? Let me look at the dictionary definition. Widespread respect and admiration felt for someone or something on the basis of a perception of their achievements or quality. Now that's a lot of words, but that is the definition. And you'll often hear this used in relation to universities, for example. Oh, he went to a very prestigious university a well-respected, highly admired university with a great reputation for being one of the best. If you went to Harvard University or Princeton or Yale or MIT, these universities have lots of prestige. They are very prestigious. You see what I'm saying? So the economic accoutrements or the rewards of being great at something, the prestige, right? The relevance, the camaraderie, and just in case you don't know, camaraderie means mutual trust or friendship among people who spend lots of time together. So you can think of it as the relationships that you'll get, the quality of friends and people around you that come with being great at something, right? The self-worth of being great will make you passionate. And self-worth is just the sense of value that you have when you think about yourself. How much do you think you're worth? If you have a high sense of self-worth, you think of yourself as a very valuable person and you carry yourself that way. If you have a low sense of self-worth, you don't think of yourself very highly. You don't think you're worth very much. You have a low self-esteem. You see what I'm saying? So again, going back to the beginning of the idea, once you're great at something, the economic accoutrements or rewards, the prestige right? The relevance, the camaraderie, the relationships, the sense of self-worth that come with being great at something will make you passionate about whatever it is you're doing. That is the idea. And I really hope it makes more sense now. So let's go back a couple seconds and we'll continue. Hard things to become great at it. Because once you're great at something, the economic accoutrements of being great at something, the prestige, the relevance, the camaraderie, the self-worth of being great will make you passionate about whatever it is. No one grows up thinking, I'm passionate about tax law. But the best tax lawyers in this nation fly private and have a much broader selection of mates than they deserve. And they get to... Okay, no one grows up thinking, I'm passionate about tax law. And what I want to point out here is the phrasal verb, grow up. 
No one grows up thinking I'm passionate about tax law. And to grow up means to, it, this is the phrasal verb we use basically to talk about growing and developing physically, mentally, and or emotionally from childhood to adulthood. I know this phrasal verb causes a lot of people a lot of trouble, a lot of confusion because grow and grow up are similar. But what you can remember is we typically only use grow up for adults, not adults, excuse me, human beings and animals. Usually pets, honestly. I mean, I guess any animal can grow up now that I think about it, but we'd never use that for plants. We would never use that to talk about numbers, business, trend, nothing. The only things that grow up are humans and animals, right? You go from a baby to an adult. That process is called growing up. And even when you're an adult, if you meet somebody that's really, really immature mentally or emotionally, you might tell them, grow up, right? Stop acting like a baby. Grow the fuck up, man. What's wrong with you? Grow up. And you're telling them to act their age. You are old enough to act like an adult. You should be more mature than you are right now. So I'm telling you, grow up. So it could be literally, right, grow up, go from a child to an adult, but also more figuratively if somebody's just really immature, you know? But I would never say the plants are growing up. I would never say the country is growing up, the sales or the revenue is growing up. I would never say that. Not a native speaker alive would they would never say that, you know? And it's a very common thing, a very common mistake that's made by English speakers, so that's the only reason I wanted to explain it in as much detail as possible because it's a very common phrasal verb right but a lot of people confuse it so again no one grows up thinking i'm passionate about tax law there's not a kid on this planet theoretically that grows up thinking man i can't wait to become a tax lawyer that is not the dream of the majority of of kids around the world right nobody grows up thinking i'm passionate about tax law but the best tax lawyers in the nation fly private and to fly private just means to literally travel by private airplane a jet you know 30 40 50 million dollar tiny little airplane all for yourself right that's what it means to fly private and just in case you're wondering we don't say fly public when we're referring to commercial airlines or anything like that fly private is kind of like its own little thing and maybe that's not clear Maybe what I just said isn't clear. But if if somebody says, oh, you're flying private, what that means is you're flying on a private jet, a private airplane. But if you're going on a regular commercial airline, I've never heard somebody say, oh, are you guys flying public? We don't say that. We just refer to flying as flying because most people <laughs> don't fly on private planes. I'm sure you get the idea. So nobody grows up thinking I'm passionate about tax law, but the best tax lawyers in this nation fly private and have a much broader selection of mates than they deserve. There's two more things I want to explain. Broader, B-R-O-A-D-E-R, broader, just means wider in range or in scope. So a broader selection means a wider selection, a more ample selection. And the word mate in this context means partner or spouse, right? The person you are going to have sex with, Commit yourself to your life partner. That is your mate. So the best tax lawyers fly on private jets, G50s and shit, and they have a much wider or broader selection of lovers or partners or potential wives or husbands than they deserve. Okay, so let me go back to the beginning of this section and play it again. 
is. No one grows up thinking I'm passionate about tax law, but the best tax lawyers in this nation fly private and have a much broader selection of mates than they deserve. And they get to do, <laughs> then they get to do interesting things, which, by the way, makes them passionate about tax law. Okay. So at the end there, he said, by the way, makes them passionate about tax law. The full sentence is, and they get to do interesting things, which, by the way, makes them passionate about tax law. So the, the phrase, by the way, means incidentally or as a side note. So let's go back to the complete context. Nobody grows up passionate about tax law, but the best tax lawyers fly private. They have a broad selection of mates and they get to do interesting things. And as a side note, or incidentally, that makes them more passionate about tax law. Right? I don't know if that's going to make sense to you, because always as a native, like logically, it makes sense to me. I don't know how it sounds to you. I'm actually curious to know. But again, nobody grows up passionate about this thing. But the best tax lawyers, one, fly private, two, have a broad selection of mates, three, they get to do interesting things. And guess what? That, all of that, makes them passionate about fucking tax law. I hope that's clear. All right, so let's continue. And I hope y'all didn't hear that loud-ass motorcycle passing by. So I'm actually going to let it pass. Hang on a second. Sounds like he's trying to get somewhere in a fucking hurry. All right. Cool. So let's continue. And then they deserve. And they get to do... <laughs> then they get to do interesting things, which, by the way, makes them passionate about tax law. And here's, here's the problem with believing you should follow your passion. Work is hard. And when you run into obstacles and you face injustice, which is a common guaranteed attribute of the workplace, injustice, you'll start thinking, I'm not loving this. OK, so let me read his words. Here's the problem with believing you should follow your passion. Work is hard. And when you run into obstacles and you face injustice, Blah, blah, blah. Before I continue, let me explain some things. So when you run into obstacles, you can think about this first literally and then figuratively. So again, an obstacle, you know what that is, I'm sure. It's just this big thing that's in your way that's not letting you progress down a path. That's an obstacle. You can go over it, around it, under it, or through it. But something is in your way stopping you from making progress and moving forward. So when you, let's imagine you're running down the path, there's a big obstacle and bam, eventually you run into it. You collide with it while running. That's what it means to run into something. And so figuratively speaking, it's kind of like, what did he say in the beginning? Let me find the words. The willingness to break through hard things. Exactly. So it's the same idea. When you run into obstacles or when you encounter difficulties, when you encounter challenges, when you run into problems, something like that, it's all the same, and you face injustice, which is the opposite of justice, right? Injustice is unfair treatment or behavior. So when you face or encounter injustice, which is common, right? He said, a common guaranteed attribute of the workplace. So an attribute is like a quality or a feature. And the workplace is literally the place where you work. So when you run into problems or face injustice, which is a common guaranteed attribute 
or feature of the workplace, you'll start thinking, I'm not loving this. I am not passionate about this fucking situation. Okay? That's the idea. Let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue. Here's the problem with believing you should follow your passion. Work is hard. And when you run into obstacles and you face injustice, which is a common guaranteed attribute of the workplace, injustice, you'll start thinking, I'm not loving this. This is upsetting and hard. It must not be my passion. That is not the right litmus test. Okay, I'm not loving this. This is upsetting and hard. The word upsetting. We use this word to say it's something that causes emotional distress, something that makes you uncomfortable, maybe mad or frustrated, something like that. If somebody says that they're upset, it is kind of like the opposite of happy, let's say. I don't know if we often use the word upset for sadness per se. Maybe not sadness. I guess you could, but it's not the most common. It's more just like... Again, emotional distress, slightly mad or frustrated. That's how I use the word upset. Okay. So he's saying, this is, you know, I'm not loving this. This is upsetting. This is making, this is frustrating. This is hard, right? This must not be my passion because if it were my passion, I would be loving it every moment. Because I read in a book one time, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. And I don't love this shit. So I shouldn't be doing this for a living. Right. And so then he says, that is not the right litmus test. And a litmus test, L-I-T-M-U-S, litmus test, is a test in which a single factor is decisive in determining whether something is true or false, or good or bad. Now, I don't know what a literal litmus test is, but figuratively speaking, that's what it is. So if we go back to the context, you're going to do a test for whether or not this thing is your passion. So you're at work and you face some difficulties and you put this situation to a litmus test and you ask yourself, do I love this? Am I loving every moment? Yes or no? If it's yes, this is my passion. I should keep doing it. If it's not, this is not my passion. I should find something else to do. And Scott is saying that is not the right way to think about it. That is the wrong thing to be testing for. When it comes to your career, making a living, the question is not, do I enjoy every single moment of this shit? Is, it, is this easy for me every day? That is the wrong way to think about it. At least that's what I'm taking from his words, which I completely agree with. Okay, so hopefully it makes more sense. I'm going to go back a few seconds and we'll continue. Guaranteed attribute of the workplace injustice, you'll start thinking, I'm not loving this. This is upsetting and hard. It must not be my passion. That is not the right litmus test. Do your passions on weekend. Be a DJ. Jay-Z followed his passion and is a billionaire. Again, assume you are not Jay-Z. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Assume you are not Jay-Z. God damn it. All right, my friend. I'm very curious to know what you guys think about this topic because it's really important, right? I mean, at some point, all of us have to ask ourselves, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? You know, and there, I know that there are people of all ages listening to this podcast from 18 all the way up to 65, maybe even older. I'm not sure. The point is, if you're a young person listening to this, and by young, I mean like, younger than 30, let's say younger than 21, because I mean, that's like young, young. And most of us around that time have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do with our lives? Because I don't know about you, but for me, the question was not, are you going to college? The question was, where are you going to college? It's almost like you don't, you feel, at least I did, a lot of young people feel there's really no other option. Like when I was 18, it was college, military or mcdonald's and the last two did not sound interesting to me so i figured oh fuck it i guess i'll go to college and at least i have four more years to figure it out because i had no idea what i wanted to do with my life and i know that that's the position a lot of young people find themselves in and what i wanted to say was you might think as a young person that only you are going through this right now only you know what it feels like to have no fucking clue what you want to do with your life. But I'll tell you right now, there are people who are 28, 35, 42, who have no fucking clue what they want to do with their lives. You know, even if you decide what you want to do with your life at 18 or 21 or 25, you could very easily change your mind 10 or 15 years from now. Happens all the time. And I guess that's irrelevant to the, the, Subject of the video, I guess not totally irrelevant, but what I'm saying is this is something that we've all had to ask ourselves. What the fuck am I going to do with myself and my life? When I, maybe you, if you feel you don't even have any passions or you feel that you could never make money with your passions, even though at least in the States, a lot of the most prominent members of pop culture in our society from entertainers to athletes to what musicians and artists or whatever a lot of them will say trust your heart follow your passion you know like just do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life i think it was episode 19 of this podcast there's no way you can lose we talked about that right there's no way you can lose when you follow a dream it always leads to something better if you haven't listened to that episode i highly suggest it it's a really good one But we talked about that. And that type of advice has to be taken with a grain of salt. 
And if you've been listening to all the episodes of the podcast, you should know what that means now. But just in case this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the family. And let me explain. Take something with a grain of salt. What that means is basically whatever advice or information you're being given, don't take it as if it's 100% correct. You need to go do your own research and verify for yourself that this information is true or that this advice is valid. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't just take it like it's the word of God or the fucking law. No, do your own research and decide for yourself. Take it with a grain of salt. And that type of advice, you know, always follow your heart, always chase your dreams. It always leads to something better. You got to be really careful taking advice like that. Like for real. Because when I was younger, I thought the same thing. I need to find something I love to do before I dedicate myself to it. Because the idea of doing something I didn't love for a living was just like, man, fuck that, bro. Just no, you know, just not the type of person who can wake up from and then from nine to five, do something he hates. But just because you're not doing something you absolutely love doesn't mean you have to do something you hate either. And it took me a while to learn that because when I was younger, I was much more passionate about the arts. I wanted to make music. I wanted to do photography, just any type of artistic work has always been much more interesting to me. And it's funny because I remember when I got into photography, I thought, oh, this is how I'm going to make my money. I love doing photography and I need to find something I love so that I don't hate going to work every day. I'll try to do this. But then you find like sometimes when you try to turn your passion into your work, that you remove all the passion from the work. You know, and it becomes an obligation, a responsibility, and you got fucking clients and you have to do marketing and sales and accounting and all these different things that take you away from the actual artwork, your actual passion. Because now it's business. You got to make money. And when money is involved, you know, I'm not saying that it's impossible for there to be passion and money in the same place. Obviously, it's not. What I'm saying is, when you start doing something because you love it and then you try to turn that into the way you feed yourself and your family, it's not just something you do because you love it anymore. You have to do it or you don't eat. And that causes stress if it doesn't go well, you know what I mean? And then you associate stress and negative feelings with that thing that used to bring you nothing but joy and pleasure, your passion, right? And then it's not even to mention all the things that people are passionate about that don't make them any fucking money. Like collecting stamps, I don't know, painting and shit like that. I mean, the majority of people, if they pursued their passions, they would make no fucking money. There's no business in it. All right. So that's one thing I had to learn through experience is just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean you can and doesn't mean you should turn it into the way you feed yourself and make a living and get paid. You know what I mean? It took me years to understand exactly what Scott said. And it's something I agree with wholeheartedly, which you don't you don't need to find out what you're passionate about to make a living and love and enjoy life. You really don't. In most cases, from what I've seen and experienced myself, it's actually the wrong thing to do. It's the last thing you want to do. What you should be doing with your time, especially if you are under the age of 24, what you should be doing is not partying, chasing women getting lost in drugs or video games or your fucking cell phone and stupid social media and shit, worrying about what other people are doing with their lives, talking shit and gossiping. You shouldn't be doing any of that. 
You should be trying to figure out what are you good at? What are you naturally good at? And what skills does the job market value? Or if you want to do your own thing, work for yourself, start your own business, what skills, products, or services does the market value? What problems exist that you can solve? And what skills are needed to solve those problems? You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Figure out what you're good at and then invest an ungodly amount of time in becoming the best at that thing. I don't know if it's a book or a a saying or a quote or something like that, but what I'm talking about makes me remember a phrase that's basically it's be so good that they cannot ignore you. And that's what you should be focused on. Really at any age, but if you're just starting your life asking yourself, what should I do for a living? I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know which field to go into. You just need to do all types of different jobs. You need to do shit that you hate, shit that you love, and everything in between until you figure out what are you good at. Once you find that, man, fuck everything else. Just become the best at it because that's how you stay paid. The best people in every field stay paid. (laughs) Right? Going back to what Scott said, the economic accoutrements, the economic rewards, the selection of mates that you get, right? Because, I mean, especially if you're a man, And you want a wife and kids and everything. You want to raise a family or travel the world. How are you going to do that with no fucking money? Hmm? I'm not saying you have to be rich. But if you want to get paid, you have to have skills, bro. Not passion, but fucking skills. The skills that pay the bills. That's what we say. At least in the States. I got the skills that pay the fucking bills, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's not about passion. You know, obviously you don't want to do work that you hate. But... Nah, man, it's about doing what you're good at. And like Scott said, save your passions for the weekend, bro. Have hobbies, maintain relationships, go out, travel when you can. But man, work is work. And I think um, a lot of us end up being disappointed. Even if we try to turn a passion into a career, we end up disappointed because it's like, man, I love this shit. Why? Am I so stressed and miserable and I don't even want to do it anymore? What's going on? What's wrong with me? This must not be my real passion. It's like, no, you killed your passion by trying to make money off of it. Or you're at work doing something that you're decent at or even good at, but you don't feel the passion and you think you should be doing something else. And maybe you should. All, again, all of this, what Scott is saying, what I'm saying, take it with a grain of salt. You have to decide what's best for you. Nobody else can tell you that. That's also something you need to learn no matter how old you are. Is like you have to decide for you what's best for you. You know what I mean? I'm just giving you my opinion. Talking about my experience. And um, it's unfortunate that we don't find ourselves in a situation where we can just wake up and do what we love every single day. I think some of us maybe have fallen into the illusion that waking up and doing only what you love every day is relatively easy because you might see your favorite stars on TV or your favorite musicians living that rock star lifestyle or a bunch of fucking posers on social media trying to make you believe that it's so easy to wake up and just like 
not work and still get paid. <laughs> you know, a lot of us have fallen into the illusion that waking up and just following your dreams and living out your passions is so easy. I just need to make some 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 social media posts and be an influencer. I don't fucking know. But we have, right? Some of us have fallen into the illusion that like we shouldn't have to work anymore. You know? We should just be able to pursue our passions and and just live life. But that's just not how society is structured, bro. Man, woman, short, tall, beautiful, ugly, don't matter. You need to get paid. You need to get paid. And in my opinion, the best way to do that is by developing skills that the market values or solving problems that people will pay you for. You know what I mean? For lack of a better way of saying it. And so passion is important. Having hobbies is important. Doing what you love and enjoy is important. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be your career. You know? I don't know when, how, or why it happened, but at least here in the West, especially in the States, the idea that you shouldn't have to work has become quite popular in recent times. Whereas my parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents, what did they do? They fucking worked, bro. They worked their hands to the fucking bones to provide for themselves and their families. And I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm saying that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So I agree 1000% with Scott. Following your passion is horrible advice because it makes a bunch of young, impressionable, confused, lost people think, oh, I just need to pursue what I love because that's the only way I'm going to be happy. That's the only way I'm going to live a life like the one I see on the screen or here in the song, or on the podcast. It's fucking dumb, bro. It's dumb. So take it from me, somebody who's lived it, and trust me, millions of other people have lived the same thing. It's not about doing what you're passionate about. It's about doing what you're good at and getting paid for it. Getting paid as much money as you possibly can for something you're good at, which means you need to invest time and effort into developing valuable skills. And I don't, I'm not saying what those skills are. Communication is the most important. That's why I'm telling you in almost every episode, develop your fucking communication skills because no matter what you want to do, if you can't communicate with people, you are fucked. Guaranteed. Introvert, extrovert, man, woman, does not matter. If you don't know how to communicate with people outside of your fucking social media posts, you are fucked, bro. So communication is one. That's a good start. You're learning English. That's a great start. But then you have to decide, right? What are you good at? What skills do you need to take it to the next level and become the best at whatever it is you do? Right? What skills does the market need? Because you might be a fucking fantastic, I don't know. You might be great at cleaning glasses or some shit, but if the market's not going to pay you for that, it doesn't matter. So it's about being good at something that you can get paid for. You know? Anyway, man, I feel like I'm rambling at this point. I could probably talk about this for a long, long time. But um, I didn't write any notes for this episode because I felt like I could just talk from the heart about this one. Because I know I've definitely experienced the pain of realizing that the dream of waking up and doing only what you love for a living is that. It's a fucking dream. It's a dream. 0.01% of the world's population. I'm going to say that again. 0.01% of the world's population get to wake up and do only what they love every day. And even those people, I imagine, 
aren't doing only what they love every day. There's still problems and challenges no matter what the life experience is. No matter how rich or beautiful or whatever, there's always challenges and drawbacks and trade-offs, right? But 0.01% of the earth gets to live that fucking lifestyle that you might be dreaming about, which is I wake up and do only what I want. I have a broad selection of mates, more money than I can spend. I travel six, seven times a year. I'm always happy. No, who the fuck lives like that, bro? Nobody. 0.01% of the planet. The rest of us have to work, right? <laughs> and that's not, you know, I'm not saying, again, like I said in the beginning, it's not just, it's not like you have two options. Do what you love or do what you hate. Those aren't the only two options, right? I think the challenge is finding something in the middle, something you're good at, but also don't hate, you know? And the the unfortunate part is nobody can really tell you what that is. You only figure it out through experience. You have to live life. So this is something you're worried about, because I know there's a lot of people listening to this right now who are worried about it. You're young, you don't know what to do. Everybody around you maybe seems like they have it all figured out. Everybody on your social media feed seems like they have it all figured out. And you're like, well, goddamn, I'm lost. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with myself. You're not alone, bro. Or sis, right? Sister, you're not alone either. Brothers, sisters, <laughs> none of you are alone in this. Trust me. It's completely normal. Completely normal. And the only way you're going to figure out the answer is by living life, experiencing things, trying a bunch of different jobs, learning about a bunch of different subjects, talking to different people. Like I'm always telling you, you can't figure it out by sitting at home on the couch, staring at your fucking cell phone. Got to live life. Educate yourself. Talk to different people. Ask them questions about their life experience, their professions, their ups and downs, their difficulties, their challenges, what they've learned, and try to learn from them, right? Let them insert new ideas into your brain. Get different jobs. Study different things. Stop wasting time on fucking bullshit, and you'll be much closer to figuring it out. And again, you know, Take all this with a grain of salt, man. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just know what I've been through. And I know what I've heard and I don't know what, I, what I've seen. You know what I'm saying? And it's that exactly, which is following your passion. In most cases, it's fucking stupid, bro. Because passion does not pay bills. Money does. And we get paid money for the skills that we have. For the problems that we solve for other people. That's it. Whether you're selling a product or a service or your time to a company, you get paid to solve other people's problems. And you typically solve other people's problems with your skills. So, fuck passion, dog. Get money. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to get out of here, my friend. I sincerely hope you have enjoyed another episode of Real English Radio. I am your host, Tony Kazan, and I will certainly... Talk to you soon. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.